Hello there, and welcome back to the Label 1976 podcast. My name is True Straub, and I'll be your host. For those of you new to the podcast, welcome, welcome. If you haven't listened to the previous episode, do yourself a favor and take a listen. It might make you giggle, just a smidgen. Um, on today's episode, I wanted to actually discuss uh, a little about my fear of zombies and like death and things of that nature. I know that's kind of morbid and off the wall, but I don't know. I think it'll kind of go into a little bit more about myself and how I, why I love horror and things of that nature and like why my uh, favorite author, favorite um, author growing up was Stephen King. Um, so we'll dive into that in a moment. Uh, let's see. This weekend, this past weekend, didn't really do anything extra extraordinary. Atlanta is actually opened all the way back up and people are allowed not to wear their mask. Um, so it's like a kind of a funky little time for us. I personally am going to continue to wear mine. Um, so I just say to all of you out there, just be safe and be cognizant of your surroundings pretty much. And if you go somewhere and you're out and about, and it's a lot of people, or it becomes to be a lot of people there, just wear your mask. Wear your, I mean, use your own discretion about that. I don't think it's rocket science, uh, but it seems like everybody needs like exact rules on when to wear it and when not to and when it's okay and when it's not to and things. But, yeah, just stay safe, people. I do want to say, oh, man, my condolences to Paul Mooney. Paul Mooney passed, and it's so crazy because he was like one of my favorite comedians and I actually had a chance to go see him uh, when I lived in Dallas, Texas. We went and saw him. I was on the front, uh, in the front table. The front table we had got there. He had walked out and everything and just to see him was amazing because I think he is hilarious. You know, he wrote uh, for the Dave Chappelle show. He used to write for Richard Pryor. You know, he wrote for uh, several comedians and he was just unapologetically him. And he lived his life to the fullest. Um, I think they said he passed of a heart attack at 79. But he had been like kind of a recluse uh, staying in the house for uh, a minute. Anyway, I thought I, I thought that he had, had cancer, but I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, it said that he died of a heart attack. So rest in peace, Paul Mooney. Um, yeah, actually, when I went and saw him, the day that his concert was in Dallas, Texas was the day that Whitney Houston died. And that is so crazy. I, just, I thought that was just the craziest thing. So I couldn't really fully enjoy it. Um, and I knew that I wasn't gonna be able to fully enjoy it. So saw about 40 minutes of him, which was hilarious. I'm glad that I actually got a chance to see him. Um, but yeah, again, rest in peace to Paul Mooney, definitely. Okay, so let's get into it. My uh, my fear of death. So basically, with this, it's just crazy. I wanted to talk about this because I was thinking about it the other day and trying to see where it stems from. Because I know, like these days, there's a lot of a lot of people are fans of zombie movies. Like I can't get with zombie movies. I just can't. I love horror, but I like it in terms of paranormal stuff, um, aliens, you know, ghost stories. Um, definitely the alien stuff because I do believe that they are among us and that's a whole nother podcast but yeah more so paranormal stuff um, yeah and like ghosts and like the like the movie The Conjuring or um, uh, Annabelle 
or whatever. Yeah, I used to be really scared of dolls. There was this movie out back in the day. I want to say I was probably like seven or eight. There was this movie out called Dolls. And this this uh, family got stuck on this long, dark highway, and they ran out of gas. So the closest uh, place around, the closest place around, of course, was this mansion in the middle of nowhere. And they go and try to get help at this mansion. And when they go in, it's only a butler in there, but the house is full of dolls. So at night when they would go to sleep, all these different dolls would like, you can hear like different little footprints running through the halls and things of that nature. And I was just like, that's the creepiest thing because I used to know, I used to know like older people back in the day when I was young, they used to always keep these ceramic dolls around, like these China dolls and just sitting up that look like people. And I never got the obsession with that from people. I never understood that fully, but I do remember um, when I was staying with my grandmother, like in, I want to say I was probably like in third grade, and I went to William H. On in, uh, William H. On in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and every morning, every morning, when the bus rode by to take us to school, there was a fence. I think that school may be still there. There's a fence that separates a graveyard and the school. So in the mornings, you know, it's real early in the morning and stuff. It's still dew and like fog coming up, raising up off of the ground. And there are, it's a whole, a whole graveyard beside my elementary school. And I used to have to ride by and see that every morning. And I thought that was the craziest thing. Like when we went to PE, jogging around the track, it's a freaking graveyard right beside the school. And it just always creeped me out. And it used to always just make my stomach hurt. And I used to hate that school to death because of that. I don't know. I just thought it was the creepiest thing. Because for me, back in the day, I always felt like death was like a myth. Like, people don't die. They, like, live forever. You know, as a child, you don't really think, like, fully that death is a real thing. And honestly, I think I felt that way up until my grandmother actually passed. That it didn't really dawn on me that this is really something that happens to people. And I think even after she passed, I still felt like... No, it's not real. It's just something something happened and, you know, definitely so I didn't really understand the gravity of it. I didn't understand death like that. But I do know that it used to always just make me really cringe. Like it just it always like was real a, a scary time for me. And down the street from my grandmother, there was this lady, I'm not sure of her name, but that was right when that Michael Jackson thriller came out. This is before my grandmother passed though. Michael Jackson Thriller video came out with them zombies and stuff. I was not with it. Wanted no parts of that. I still to this day cannot stand that Thriller song. I don't, I, I've never understood the hoopla around it. I just, I didn't. Because every time I, of course the song wasn't about zombies. But every time I heard the song, it reminded me of William H. John, the graveyard. And then the woman that lived two houses down from my grandmother for Halloween that year. She had like a graveyard in her front yard. Like who does that? I just never got the obsess I just never got the obsession about graveyards and zombies from people. Like I don't I don't get it. Like something that can actually you somebody can die and actually get up and start walking around again and then eating people. And my mom my mom didn't make it any better because she was a horror buff back in the day. And I think I watched my first horror movie when I probably was like ten or eleven. And that was back in the day when they were really real. Like, I think the first, the first scary movie I watched, the first zombie movie I watched was, 
was it Night of the Living Dead when they were in the mall and stuff, girl? Uh-uh. It was it was just too much. And they were just eating brains. They would just get up and just start eating brains. And I was like, this has to be the worst thing ever. And I always thought it was real. I always thought that's probably what happens at graveyards at night. They get up. They're going to come find me and try to eat my brains. I just always thought that. It, it just wasn't clicking in my mind how this was entertainment. It just wasn't. And, um, yeah, so that for me, that killed all the... And still to this day, it just killed all that zombie stuff. I can't do it. If you ask anyone that knows me, they know I don't do zombie movies. I just so don't. And I, I still don't understand the obsession with it. I was... um. Uh, watching, I just watch all these conspiracy theory uh, videos on YouTube and stuff, and I just know some kind of way that stuff exists. And then all the little crazy stuff where they're like, oh, well, this is what happens, this is what's going to happen with the zombie apocalypse, and stuff like that, and all these little uh, Walking Dead shows and stuff, like none of that stuff does anything for me. And if anybody can tell me, or if you want to email me, or make a comment on this podcast and let me know what your obsession is with it, I would really appreciate it. Actually, I should have asked one of my friends if they were obsessed with it and had them come on here with me to try to make have me understand that because I just really don't get that. I don't get the whole zombie thing at all. So in moving over a little bit to the paranormal and like the ghost story stuff um, and also like um, other entities and things, things of that nature. So I used to work at this place called Seba Vision, uh, Seba Vision, the contact lens place. Uh, when I was probably around 23, 24. And so at Seba Vision, people would just call in and they would uh, order their contact uh, contact lenses or doctors, doctor's uh, assistants would call in and order contact lenses. So during our downtime, uh, which, was, it, which, was, which it was a lot of downtime sometimes if it wasn't the season for the contacts or if it wasn't like, um, if it wasn't like a Monday through Wednesday, like Thursday and Friday were really slow. So basically we could have the internet up and everything and just surf or whatever. So I used to just love to read on odd and like really interesting things. So I, I came, I happened upon this one website. Um, I want to say it was called Apple City or something like that. But the woman that read, uh, ran it, she was a seven day Adventist, I want to say. And she had, um, she had different stories on encounters of people meeting of encounters of people seeing angels right so she has this whole all these different stories and it was like these angel sightings where people would have flat tires uh, riding down the street they would get a flat tire and um, then they would uh, somebody would pull over and help the person that got the flat tire and so basically the person would get in the car and then by the time they would take the person to the gas station or take them to their destination when they turned around and looked in the back seat the person was gone and so it was just a lot of those stories different different um variations of, of just different stories like that or it'll be like um some stories where a woman was ailing and she's in her bed on her deathbed and uh someone came and stood over her and nobody knew who the woman or man was and never seen them in their life before but the mother was miraculously healed um, so after I finished reading all the angel stories, she had this other column where people were actually sending in stories about seeing demons or devils or imps or 
um, just just demonic entities basically so little did I know on the on the actual website she had a disclaimer that stated you know read at your own risk and I'm from a very religious family so I kind of know that if you look for something and you look too deep into something and you're not really supposed to be reading about it or looking that kind of stuff up some of that stuff is really real it is and I know a lot of people don't believe it but some of that stuff is real so basically I didn't know that you couldn't read stories about demons or you couldn't read encounters about that and you can't continue to read them over and over and over again because basically it'll start messing with your mind a little bit to where you think you see things so this one time I had been I had think I finished all the stories because it was just really slow and I think I I think I finished her whole website all those stories probably in about two weeks two weeks tops and she had about 110 stories so this one night in particular the ones that I ended with were the demon stories like all these deep different encounters that people were having so I remember I went home this particular night and my actual significant other wasn't home that night so I went to sleep by myself and so I'm laying there and I cut everything off first of all no I didn't cut everything off because for the longest I couldn't sleep with the TV off <laughs> I don't know I just always kind of needed like the kind of person that always kind of needed a light a night light for some reason but I think that also goes back to the fear of things from back in the day so um, this one night in particular I was like beat so I'm like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and turn the TV off and actually just try to go to sleep without it on. So I'm laying there and I'm laying on my back and I'm asleep. But I don't know if you know about that in the middle, that in-between sleep where you feel like you're awake, but you're kind of dreaming, but you're kind of not because you feel like you're awake. So you think it's a dream, but it just, it feels like you're awake. So you know how your eyes adjust into the dark so I'm laying there and the blinds are kind of opened a little bit so the moonlight is kind of coming in but it's still like really dark in the room and so I'm laying there and I look to the right of me by the door because I, I, I sleep with the door close to so I look to the right of me by the door and I just see this like little image kneeling down in the corner like kind of like sitting with their knees up to their chest but it was like cloaked in all black. So I'm laying there, I'm like, I gotta be dreaming. This, is, this has to be a dream, I have to be dreaming. So I kept looking and my eyes keep adjusting and adjusting and I just keep looking and the thing is getting clearer and clearer to me that it is something in the corner, bent over in the corner, like just sitting there watching me. And I am like completely and utterly frightened like but I couldn't move so I don't know if you ever heard of these different stories where uh, they'll say that something is laying on your chest whenever you're asleep and you can't move and you can have somebody sleeping right beside you but you can't even touch them you feel like you're screaming you feel like you're reaching out to touch their arm but nothing is happening because something is laying on you and you can't really move you don't see it but you feel it and so in that moment when I saw the thing in the corner it was like a, a split second that I felt it on me but I still felt like I was dreaming but I was freaking all the way out and so by that time I guess that 
I'm sitting there trying to wake up, wake up. And I'm like rustling the covers. And I'm in my mind, I'm like, wake up, wake up. And I could not wake up. And I'm just like, oh God, oh God. And I just started praying. I started praying. So the more I started praying, it just went away and I could move. And I don't care what anybody says to this day, that definitely happened. Because that happened and that probably happened about a good two more times over the years. And then I had I read up on that and they were saying that that actually happens to a lot of people. And they call it like something they call it like basically a demon laying on your chest kind of thing. So needless to say, I stopped reading about that. <laughs> I stopped reading about it completely. I honestly did. And I told my mom about it and I told my significant other about it and everybody about it. And and some people, of course, were like, oh, you're tripping. But then other people were just kind of listened and kind of took it in. And uh, I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Now, the twist on why I became kind of enthralled with horror. Um, for me, it's just a mystery of the unknown and I'm intrigued by it. I just want to know. I just really want to know it just it's really interesting to me and just to think of the infinite space that we're in all the different planets that are here um yeah the different planets that they continue to keep discovering at least once a year at least once every six months and to just think of the the vastness of everything and like just the possibilities of what it could be and that just intrigues me um and i think that sometimes with people or with me that think a lot, you know, we start to think outside of the box more so. And for me, thinking outside of the box, it may be a fantasy type of world thing that I may enjoy more or I may enjoy, um, like when I was younger, I used to want to be an astronomer. Um, not necessarily a astronaut, more so like an astronomer. I don't know if I'm saying that right. But the scientist that just studies planets. I used to just know that I wanted to live on Saturn. That was the planet that I picked. I was transfixed on it. I had posters of Saturn and everything. So of course, going into going back to that and just thinking of it, of course, I've always thought that other beings existed outside of Earth. Um, if God created us, of course, he created more than just us type of thing. That's just how my mind goes. Um, so I think that there are people that don't know how to categorize certain things. So to them, it might just be the kind of hoogie or it may be a horror thing because, you know, even back in the day, they used to say uh, with the Salem witch trials and things of that nature, anything that seems out of the ordinary, people need something to label it. And so it would just always be just labeled as horror or just the devil or just something other than not normal is something that's not really right. And I think that so the horror genre, I think, gets a bad rap because of those things and just like with any religion like religions have afterlives or places that you think that you may go afterwards and things of that nature and that's not necessarily on earth type of thing so again I think I'm just interested more so in, in that sort of thing and so when I was younger just going into reading Stephen King books I was just really like amazed at how when you read his books he can put you in the middle of a field in the middle of nowhere he can put you in the story or like with reading his books I never knew about Maine until reading his books and then I just got so just <laughs> hyped about moving to Maine I want to live I still want to live in Maine I just still do 
but he can just put you inside of his books and you see the whole picture of it like uh, one of his books called Rose Matter which is one of my favorite ones and it's about this uh, woman and uh, the book starts off she's pregnant and it starts off she's on the ground and her husband is beating her basically he's beating her and he's hitting her everywhere to where the bruises can't be seen because he's a police officer but you gather all this in the first two pages of his book he paints the whole picture I felt like I was standing in the living room just watching this happen and so for her in the book it turns back around to where she can't tell anyone because he's a police officer and she doesn't really have any bruises that anyone can see and she's not you know she's a very decent and just upstanding lady and everything so she's not going to go to the police station and show them her uncovered bruises um, so in her mind she created this whole other world she went to this antique store and she found this picture that she thought was just beautiful and it was of this woman in this green pasture with her back to the to the uh, front of the picture so you can just imagine you're, you're sitting there looking at this picture that you think is peaceful but at night when she would just transfix her sights on the picture she could actually get inside of the photo. So I think a lot for me, just just growing up and just reading his books, it just they just kind of took me away from places and things. So he just became one of my first authors that I was just really in love with, with that, just in, in love with his writing. So a lot of my writing just goes into, into that kind of way where I can put you in the whole room and you see the whole dynamic of it. So yeah just wanted to give you guys a little bit about me um hey I was kind of it's kind of lengthy I know or some of you may not really uh, know where I was going with the subject but it just gives you a little bit more uh, a little bit more insight a little more insight about me um, but of course these days now that was back in my day now these days of course we do have um, more black creators in the hard uh, genre like um, I love Tanarvia Du's books she's a great author um, her first book that I read was My Soul to Keep. She's really good. And actually, I also have this other book that I've read where her and Eric Jerome Dickey uh, collaborated on a short horror story. The name escapes me of the name of that book. Um, but, of course, you have Misha Green. Love her completely from um, Lovecraft Country, the creator of that. So, yeah. Jordan Peele, of course. We have the Jordan Peels. Um, never knew that Octavia Butler... Uh, wrote Beloved. I've only saw Beloved once and that's all you, That's all I needed to see was one time. <laughs> but I figure I do need to watch it probably again in my older years now to see if I can really get it but I can't get that whole Danny Glover, Thondi Newton scene out of my mind so I'm probably just fast forward through that part. But yeah brilliant, brilliant um, black authors as well that I follow followed later on and it's just great to see it. Great to see it. Um, so yeah, again, that's just a little bit more about me, and um, thank you for listening. Definitely thank you for listening, and tell your friends about it, and hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, you can leave comments, any comments uh, that you have, you can leave those um, on the actual page, wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, follow it. Follow me, please. Label 1976 Podcast, and I will try to put these out once a week on Thursdays. Um, and also I have a blog that I do, um, label 1976 at blogspot.com. Um, you can view my blog there that usually is up between Monday and Tuesday. 
So yes, uh, thank you so much again for listening. And remember, it's great to be loved, but profound to be understood. Talk to you soon.